Hello, and welcome back to another edition of the Schooner Pod. We are back for a game week, allegedly. Um, talking OU, talking Kansas State, and we're talking some picks at some point. Um, with me, as always, Jamison Maxwell, Ty Lee. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. Let's get into this. So the reason why I say allegedly, if you're not tuned in to the news going on, um, Kansas State seems to have a issue with COVID-19. Uh, they had an outbreak last week, had 10 guys, uh, had 12 guys recover, but 10 more guys got it this week. Uh, so once again, OU's game is in jeopardy, this time not because of the Sooners. Jameson, what do you take from these reports out of Manhattan? How are you feeling about this going down the wire? Your thoughts? Yeah, so what we heard from their last game versus Arkansas State, they were one player away from, um, like, were you looking at their, not Arkansas State, um, am I wrong? Cut, cut. No, it was Arkansas State. I know, Ty Ty gave me this weird look as soon as I said that, and I don't know if I had to. No, I don't understand understand the math. If they were one player away from playing, or from not being able to play, and they had 12 out, and those 12 have now recovered, and now they have 10 out. So yeah, they 10, 10, 10 new people. So here's the math breakdown. So they're one player away in one position group because you have to have a certain amount of people in one position group to play the game. Now they're having another problem in a different position group that they're getting worried about. So if they the, – I think the, their newspaper um, – with Manhattan's work newspaper or whatever said that uh, 35 to 40 total players, this could have been injury suspensions or um, Corona were not playing in the K-State game. So if they, I gained, thought that was athletes as a whole. So that's just on the football team. No, this, no. this was the K-State game. That's what the, that's what the, uh, the newspaper released. That's, this is not the OU report that we're talking about, just total athlete numbers and cases. This is 35 to 40 K-State players were inactive for their last game. So now if we're assuming, let's just say, you know, 10 to 15 of those, um, you know, we're just throwing out numbers here, were injuries and suspensions and say that 25 were traces or, um, you know, they got COVID. They've had two weeks to recover. So allegedly, it's going to be around 20 to 25 people would be coming back, just assuming things. Um, even that would be just very little um, practice time, you know, because they'd have two weeks and they come back right in the middle of game week. But they would be active technically, according to their health. Now they lose, well, you know, another, would be, another 10 the, people. The two weeks is only a solid metric, though, if they're traced and in quarantine with a negative test to begin with. So I guess that is a factor as well that we're not accounting for is whoever is positive is not guaranteed to be, you know, negative with enough time. Yeah. Well, I I also, I also think the issue is, you know, there's no margin for error. There's no margin for another outbreak occurring in a different group. Um, That's, that's kind of the line they're walking is they really need everything to be perfect going forward in order for this game to be played. Um, And uh, yeah, like, First of all, I, I, I know we immediately started about COVID, you know, three minutes in the pod. This is just our reality, folks. Like, this game is completely hinged upon whether or not K-State gets their uh, numbers. So just bear with us. Well, we'll I, I, know, I know, like we soon, always but. say, 
Yeah, like what we say, like we know people are probably burnt out on this stuff, but we're starting to see, you know, week by week that it's adding a really interesting dimension to college football that has not been there before, it's especially with the uncertainty. And we'll talk about it more in the, the picks, but it's just you can't tell anymore what's going to happen because of these different, you know, people getting pulled and people not getting to play in, in different position groups and on different teams. It's You really never know what's going to happen week to week. You don't even know if the game is going to be played. So there's a lot of uncertainty, and I know people are tired of it, so I guess – We'll probably wrap it up like Bobby was saying, but you know, hopefully it hopefully you guys can look at it and and see the interesting aspects to it and the unique aspects that make this season like no other. And I, I wasn't even trying to, you know, get us to wrap it up because I think it's easily the most interesting that it's the most substantial thing we have to talk about this week previewing this. We haven't really seen anything out of OU and you know it, it, it's weird Which because is good. we, we yeah. have not apparently had an issue with, with the COVID stuff on OU's team as of um, you know, tonight's information at eight o'clock on the 22nd, roughly. And, and honestly, the, as much as this season's interesting, it really burns us because we have an absolute knack for recording a podcast and then having that entire information completely ruined by the next day due to some randomly large like news bomb. So honestly, by, by tomorrow, we're going to get some like, I don't know, big text is turned uh, an animate and just now marching around, you know, Dallas causing the havoc. Big Tex is tested positive. <laughs> big Tex, big Tex has COVID nineteen. So it, it's it's really interesting, and I don't know. Uh, I I think it's it's definitely something to obviously watch for because you know, the game might not be played. It's nice OU and Kansas State do share several bye weeks, so rescheduling shouldn't be too uh, much of an issue. But um, anyways, so of the guys, uh, of, of the people we haven't seen from uh, week one who have presumably recovered, um, who are we really looking forward to seeing kind of make their debut of the, I guess, COVID cases uh, from the Sooners? For me, it's I, I'm, I'm excited to see Willis out there. Um, yeah, that double tight end set with him and Stogner could be really fun. Um Jameson, who are you looking forward to, I guess, kind of making their post-COVID debut? It has to be TJ Pledger. Um, he was the number one running back um, coming into that game. We were waiting for finally to have his chance. He had been screwed by past coaching staffs, and finally he had won the number one spot, and then he got hit with COVID. And so now is he going to come in? Is he going to be the number one guy? Is he going to be the first running back on the field, or is that going to go to McGowan? Um, how many carries is he going to get? Is he ready to get um, carries? Is he in shape? Um, that is definitely a huge thing. And for a guy that had great expectations coming into this certain situation in this running back room, that is by far, I think, the biggest um, story of this game. Absolutely. And I, I think it's it, – in a weird way, it's kind of interesting because we got to see so much McGowan last week and – uh, our last game and you know we kind of have to throw it out and take it with a grain of salt because it was Missouri State but we saw a lot of good out of him and it really I don't know I, I think before that it was very much it's going to be Ramondre when he comes back and then it's going to be Pledger trying his best but now you have a third element into that and I'm really looking to see uh, Pledger get in involved in that that'll be great uh, Ty who are you looking forward to seeing yeah mine mine is also honestly uh, Pledger I I think that he is hopefully going to have the most significant impact because he is returning, you know, a lot of 
a lot of knowledge comparative to the rest of the the offensive skill players, pretty much. Um, you know, besides him, probably uh, Ramondre. Uh, we don't think it was COVID, but he was definitely coughing and, and something lung related. <laughs> why he's not playing? So uh, hopefully he gets better. He's been out for a while now. So uh, <laughs> prayers oh, up for him. <laughs> oh God. Uh, Jameson mentioned something on our private text. Anton uh, Harrison, also another big one, the left tackle. Um, he was a freshman, correct? Yeah, he's the true freshman from out east um, who has a starting job. And also his backup was out last week, you know, the sophomore, Stacey yeah. Wilkins. So it finally, hopefully, as of today, everybody that was supposed to start that week one game is active and did practice today. As long as they don't get hit with another trace throughout the week, we should have everybody. And that's going to be really big with this offensive line. That's going to be really big for our running game because our offensive line was not looking good. And we were all out of sorts. Everyone was playing different positions. If we can get Anton Harrison into left tackle, we can move Adrian Ely back to right tackle to where he's comfortable and where he's going to be a top like three-round, four-round pick in the NFL draft coming up. And then we got great guards on our inside and then one of the best, if not the best, center in the nation. So as long as we get our tackles sorted out, get Adrian Ely back into his comfort spot, and just see Anton Harrison. If he doesn't work out, I'm sure Stacey Wilkins is going to probably come out on the third or fourth drive just to kind of um, see who's doing better. Um, but I, I think the offensive line is definitely going to be and probably the second biggest um, story of this game. Yeah, kind of like Jameson just said, the line might actually be the biggest, and it's just the fact that we played Missouri State that's causing us to, to sort of discount it because we didn't really have an issue with the run game. You know, we'd like to see our, our better people out there, but I think, you know, K-State is not a good team, but they're still a conference opponent and, and they are a better team than Missouri State. So I think maybe some stuff that we didn't notice uh, against Missouri State will actually be a bigger factor. Yeah, and I mean, typical a typical Kansas State team usually is known for being hard-nosed, solid defensively. Uh, don't really know if that's the case. It, it's hard to tell if they were decimated by you know COVID or or what against Arkansas State, but um, having a solid O line to combat that is going to be huge. Um, now, obviously, an interesting storyline going into this is going to be the fact that Kansas State beat OU last year. Um, I don't even need to rehash that for y'all. Horrible time is. Do you, is there any lingering I don't know, thoughts in your mind about, you know, maybe this K-State sneaking up on OU here? Or do you think that, I guess, in um, the extra revenge factor might actually come into play here? Ty, what do you think? I, I don't even know that there will be that there will be that much of a, re- a revenge factor just because of the, the turnover, especially on the guys that are um, – you know, sort of more or less the the leaders on the team. I I don't know if there's going to be a huge factor there. I mean, obviously it's it's going to play into it, but I don't think that there is any sort of threat of what happened last year. It's it, you know completely different. I think culturally, this team is from last year's team, and uh, I think that it's I yeah I think I think last year you know obviously the past years is always the past. It's it's more or less a non-factor, but this is not like, you know, returning to beat Texas after a fluke loss or something like this is, 
you know, our, our one random loss to a double digit underdog that we can't get away from, uh, or at least couldn't in past years. And I, I don't think that I, I think it's going to be a blowout and I, but I don't think that there's even going to be a revenge, you know, aspect to it, if that makes sense. I mean, there will be, but not like as a motivation, I, I don't really know how to yeah. describe it. Yeah. I, it, it, it really didn't hurt us in the long term. Jameson, uh, what, what's your take on this? It's Here's the deal. Whenever you're a team like Oklahoma, not trying to sound cockier on our high horses, but whenever you play lower-level Big 12 teams and lower-level teams, you got to find whatever kind of thing you can as a coaching staff to get your players riled up and ready for the game. They're going to use this revenge. Last time um, we lost to K-State, I think 2014, you know, our freshman year, we lost in the horrible kick. It was, and it really hurt us deep down. We shouldn't have lost that game, but we did. You know what we did in 2015? That was our last shutout. We won like 55 to zero or something like that. Something ridiculous. We definitely had a flame under us that game. We played really, really good, way better than we ever thought we would that season. Um, honestly, this is going to be a revenge game, whether we like it or not, but it's not going to have the flame under these players that it's been like, you know, just mulling in them their whole time in this past year. If there's going to be something there that's going to be rallying them up. But like you said, it's not going to be like the Texas game. But um, I really do expect us to play very well. And especially it's going to be nice because I think that K-State game, well, I know that K-State game, the one we beat them 55-0, to it was on the road too. So this is going to be yep. at home. So this is a different story. Yeah, that was – I mean, that was definitely a route there. Um, I, I, I don't know if it's as much – I know I wrote the headline here, but I don't know if it's as much – Hey, you know what? I had to get one – Look, this is like when you're excited that a particular game is on our slate for the week. Hey, look, I, I'm just saying. Just <laughs> oh, this Appalachian State is on the slate. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just writing these topics just to be contrarian <laughs> to them. Uh, it's less of a revenge, more of a, you know, we're not going to take this team lightly. I think they're going to – I don't think we really take anyone lightly, but especially not Kansas State. I think OU is going to come out motivated, come out solid. Um, Kleiman, obviously an excellent coach, but, um, sheesh, I just, I, I, I don't see OU coming out flat here if, you know, the game goes as schedule. Um, but like this Kansas state team just isn't what it was then. Um, you know, I, I think, I think we really got in a fluke situation where everyone got their daughter down, but the real crime here is the fact that we aren't going to get to see Trey John Bridges get his revenge and start, you know, spearing everyone, you know, even when he's on offense, it would be incredible. I, I, I just need oh, to see, man. I need That's to see so Bridges weird. out here, you know, I don't know. Yeah, that was definitely see. weird. Whenever he yeah, was I, playing on defense, that that was that was such a weird experiment. That was the dude that we thought were going to be the, was going to be the best out of the four receivers coming into this. Like, this and here we are. Here we are. Yeah. I think he's smart. I, I think he I think he's smart. I think he realized that he was just completely outclassed on the defense. And the only way that he could get out, like he's like, oh well, I can't really fake an injury because someone's gonna be able to tell that I'm not injured. I definitely can't stay out here because I'm gonna get absolutely burned and roasted. So he's like my only option is to immediately upon touching the field, like flagrantly foul someone and get ejected from the game. And eventually I'll just keep doing that until they stop putting me in on defense. I honestly think that that may have been his strategy because he was like targeting dudes that weren't even near the play. 
Like the ball was pretty bad. And he was like, all right, I'm going to pull a bookie in this head to head. <laughs> he pulled a bookie before uh, pulling a bookie was even a thing. Yeah, he did, he was the guy that came to the staff and with that idea. It wasn't like they pushed it on him. But I think he, yeah, he was way yeah, but too I think deep. It was like, a, oh, I'll go tell him that I'm willing to do this. And then they'll be like, wow, he's a team player. Let's put him in at receiver. And they're and like, the, all right, that sounds like a good plan. I don't know. I, I'm not giving up on him yet at all, but as, as of right now, his status is definitely meme. And if you want, he's going to have to obviously get on the field, you know, get the suspension over with to actually, you know, move on from meme to real, to like real solid wide receiver option, but we'll see. Um, and I think we've so, had a weed joke about the suspensions probably almost every episode since then. Ty's always got one in his back pocket. Hey, he's always got one rolled up and to ready to go. My own. I mean, the- I know we're only a few minutes in. I had to make my own this week, but Bobby's been giving us opportunities in the past. I, I hate it. I, I completely <laughs> just set up Bobby right in front of the damn <laughs> net. And I knew he, I could see it in his eyes. I could see it in his eyes. He was like, Ooh, what's the pun I'm going to make here? Let's come on, think it, think it through, think it through. <laughs> oh, God. The lob, the jam. <laughs> just a beautiful Alex Caruso top up, toss up to me. Oh, I love okay. it. So let's talk a little about Kansas State and kind of, I guess, the player to watch. Kind of touched on it a bit. I believe it was. In this show, I can't remember if we talk, touched on it uh, pre-game or not, or pre-show or not. Skylar Thompson, Kansas State's star quarterback. Um, his status is in question. Um, uh, Chris Kleiman came out today and said that they anticipate him being full strength but aren't fully certain. Uh, Thompson was obviously a huge issue against the Sooners last year. His running game was something that we were not able to contain at all. Um, it absolutely fueled Kansas State's Entire offense. Um, I, I don't know how. I guess do, do y'all have any fear about Skylar Thompson lighting the Sooners up again? How, how do you feel about Thompson entering this? Does he give them a chance? Basically, no. I I don't think that. I don't think that it's a. Uh, yeah, That's I don't. I don't think that anyone is a factor for them. I'm telling you. I mean. He's he's the kind of quarterback that gives us problems, you know, and he has a history of doing it. Um, mm. I don't think he's got the tools well, around has, him. Yeah, um, you can't, he you can't tell me. Yeah, you can't tell me that the last game he completely whooped us. He looked like a stud. He didn't throw for any touchdowns, but his way that, that he ran the ball, he had four touchdowns running the ball last year. That was huge. We had no way to stop him whenever he got close and in the goal line to go. I th- I, I remember it clearly that as soon as they got in the red zone, we couldn't stop that QB run. It was a touchdown every single time. It was – I know it didn't work in the, in the last play of the Seahawks game, but it was like the Patriots and the Seahawks with Cam Newton. Seahawks couldn't stop them on that QB draw to that last play. It was almost automatic with Skylar Thompson. And I know that this coaching staff is definitely working on that because he's saying this is something that's not going to burn us again. And their running game for K-State – they lost their top two running backs. The guys that gashed us for almost 200 yards are gone now as a senior, and the other one's in the NFL. They don't have those tools now around them. That's going to make us nervous um, about the running back. We can key on to Skylar Thompson now, and we can bring the pressure. And our defensive linemen showed it last week. 
or two weeks ago that we can bring pressure in the inside with Perry on one free and we can bring pressure on the outside with Ron Stokes um, and Isaiah Thomas and Marcus Stripling coming back. I, it's it's a de- diff, completely different story. I'm not discounting Skylar Thompson's skill because he definitely is a type of quarterback that OU does not do well with, a guy that can use his legs and is still a threat in the passing game. But just because he doesn't have the guys he has now is I'm not as worried. Well, they, I mean, Kansas State also, while they don't have, thankfully do not have a locket on board, uh, they do have Malik Knowles, you know, solid, I believe he's a redshirt sophomore uh, wide receiver, real big target. Obviously an issue for speed D where everything's a little smaller. Um, and then they obviously, as is tradition, have a bevy of large white people to catch the ball. And uh, I, I, there, there are definitely several of those who burnt us uh, last year. So it's not exactly, you know, it, the best wide receiver core in, in, you know, the history of the world, but there, there's enough there for it to be interesting if, you know, Kansas State gets their guys back. I know they're really missing Joshua uh, Youngblood, uh, wide receiver, um, in that opening game. That was a huge loss to COVID, and you know, uh, one of one of Thompson's favorite targets. So uh, we'll we'll see. Um, I just I don't know. I've seen enough Kansas State weirdness over the years to not underestimate. Pardon me, underestimate them fully. So yeah, and we'll certainly I, I see. see. Yeah, I, I see that and. I, I honestly hope that they bring a um, you know, passing game because I, I still don't see them as any sort of threat. Um, but I would like to see our guys challenge there. Because, you know, you know, I'm still riding on that statement that I think that the secondary might be the strongest part of our defense this year, uh, mm-hmm. or at least the most reliable. And then they definitely look like it against uh, Montana State or whoever we played. <laughs> Um, a couple weeks ago. So I'm hoping to see that. And then just, you know, quick note, because you have to double check. You never know. You never know with Kansas State. But I just double checked. We're still two years out from the next locket. So he graduates high school in 2022. Uh, So we have two years locket free uh, before, you know, we have to start worrying about that again. Just as long as we keep lockets and sprolls away from. I didn't. I, I honestly, when I googled it, I was like, certainly there isn't another, and there's another. Oh yeah, yeah. I I know about this. I think he's favored to go to K State. Am I right? He's no. He, I I looked it up. Sterling Lockett. He's already signed on at K State. Oh my goodness. Twenty twenty two K State. Twenty twenty two guy. I just. The, the, the Lockett family out at Tulsa. That makes it even worse is they're Oklahomans. No, he's, he goes to a high school in, in Kansas, or he's from Kansas. I guess they must have – they're originally from Tulsa. They must have yeah. moved up there. That makes it hurt a little less. But um, at, yeah. at this point, the only thing keeping this guy from going to Kansas State is the fact that um, – and I've forgotten his name. Unbelievable. The fact that yeah. the current Ole Miss coach might bring back their proud tradition of Bagman. I don't know if y'all can hear this. Uh, sounds like the police are coming to get me for tax evasion on uh, not declaring my anchor money. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. That is something we definitely need to say on the pod live. Um, please take a second for this anchor ad. Pause. I, not. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby needs to hand over some of that anchor money. He's been hoarding it. Uh, he's, oh, got, I, he's got what a good amount that we could put towards a fund. 
I have a solid like $20 in anchor money. Thank you so much for funding a eventual uh, 30 pack of beer, everyone for listening. So yeah, um, I'm just going to drop this anchor ad right on here. Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to talk about our sponsor anchor. Anchor simply is the perfect place to go. If you're trying to start a podcast, first off, free. That's great. But there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super easy to use, super intuitive. Uh, and then once you have that edited, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places uh, where you listen to podcasts. And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away. No minimum listener- listenership. Start getting that Anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Now, the Schooner Pod. All right, we're back. Thanks for listening to the Anchor ad and contributing to the beer fund. All right. (laughs) Let's keep talking here. (laughs) Yeah, I did it. Hey, you dare me to do it. I'm going to do it. I'll do it again. I'll do it. I'll do it again. Did anyone just catch that horrible pun? Oh, which one? Oh, did you do that on purpose? No. Oh, did I just subconsciously? Thank God. What did I? What subconscious pun did I just drop? Dropping an anchor. Oh God. I thought thought that's not even a good. That's so dumb. It's not even a good pun. That's not even a pun. It's just being dumb. Uh, all right. This reminds so, me. Are you claiming that you're being dumb all the time? A shocker, I know. Ty, what <laughs> well, we you know when Bobby isn't dumb is when he uses Anchor to record and host podcasts. <laughs> Don't drunk and drive. Drunk and drive. Oh god. <laughs> hey, we, we have some, we have some we have some PSAs for the importance of voting. So that's great. Ty, you want to take some of, some of those? Over? I don't believe in voting. We've been over this. That's true. That's true. Uh-oh. <laughs> let's uh, let's don't, move on. Don't talk to me. Don't look up my voter history. <laughs> You're not checked that. All right. Let's move on. Position group to watch for OU. So we're, we're just going to keep doing this as a segment, I guess, uh, through the weeks. What is the one position group that absolutely needs to perform for the Sooners to uh, not only win this game, but win it comfortably? Jameson? Um, so I think the position group that needs to step up is definitely the linebackers. Whenever it comes down to a mobile quarterback that can run and also can pass, that Asimo is going to – the way he can come up and move quickly into the backfield is going to be key when it comes down to if he's rolling out of the pocket and deciding if he wants to throw or go. Asimo is going to be big there. And Deshaun White's got to keep a good head on his shoulders. But I guess a kind of little off-railing um, before this, um, before I let y'all say y'all's position group, um, I'm really interested to see the defensive backs because there are um, rumblings, according to TFB, that um, we're moving Woody Washington to corner and we're moving Trey Norwood to safety. So if we get to see some of that, that's going to be something interesting because um, it seems the fact that they want Woody Washington on the field more. Um, they kind of feel him in a higher light almost than Trey Norwood because that number three cornerback position is very important in that safety position. Not a lot of minutes there whenever um, Grinch has his ride or dies already on the field as the starters. Um, but yeah, linebackers are the key for us to do well this game. Absolutely. Um, because I mean, really, I was going to say that I think the, this game's going to be one in the trenches, both offensive and defensive lines, 
Um, OU has to assert their dominance on offense. Defensively, I, I think they they I mean, obviously the defensive line isn't our strongest suit, but if they can get in there, you know, block some uh, running lanes, make it difficult on Thompson to, you know, really get out there and kind of take that option away. But the thing is that I don't see that happening. So in it, in all honesty, it's going to come down to the reads of the linebackers there. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think the trench work absolutely is my position group to watch. So both OL and DL. Um, Ty, who do you got? Yeah, so I was – I guess I'm, I'm trying to think of something a little different. Mine was going to be the D-line um, and not even unrealistic expectations of, you know, blowing up every play, but just getting realistic, solid, consistent pressure on the quarterback. Um it doesn't even have to be, you know, hurries or sacks, just making sure that that pocket is not open for, you know, more than a very short amount of time. And then just not, um, you know, not, not having mistakes, not having, you know, missed tackles or not having, you know, wide open lanes. I I'll be curious to see how many people we put up there. Um, but yeah, the, I think I think the D line is really the key because if we can mitigate that that uh, run threat from their quarterback, um, then I think that everyone else will will take care of business. And I you know I like everyone's linebacker uh, statement and opinion, but I think that that is more of a factor if we're just counting on the D line not to be solid. Uh, so I'll say you know I, I'm going to count on the D line to to be solid, and that's. That's really my expectation. Hopefully, that's my absolutely hope. great minds think alike. There, I like it. So yeah, I uh, mean, no one's worried about no one's worried about the offense against no. even even if we have Mordecai driving it or or whatever else. I, I don't think anyone's worried about that. A- absolutely, I'm I'm not concerned about it at all. Um, yeah. So we'll obviously go into our predictions later in the week when we uh, go through the weekend spread. So we'll save those for later. Um, but before we go. Jameson, you got any uh, Cruton Corner for us? Got any Cruton Cruton Corner? David, what is this, David? This is a Cruton Corner with Jameson. Everybody dancing. Oh, that's nice. All right. So there, once again, the season is in full go, and we're in a dead period um, where we can't have any recruits come into Norman. And I don't know if I mentioned this, but the dead period got extended into next year. And Lincoln commented that in his press conference today. Um, and he's pretty frustrated about it. They said they were going to take things month by month, and they aren't. They they're they pushed it far, so far back to where almost like there's no hope for any recruits to come in. Definitely before first signing day. And a lot of them are going to probably wait till February just for the slight chance that they can get in a visit in January and February. But, you know, with a virus in the winter months, that's just not looking too good if they've already pushed it that far back. Um, so um, you're going to see a lot of kids that are probably going to make decisions a little bit sooner than you think. Um, there isn't any rubblings right now of any 2021 guys, except for um, guys that we already knew that we're going to um, commit. Look for um, Luther Burden out of 2022. He is one of the, he's a five-star wide receiver. He's a basketball player, um, and he is the number 14 player overall in the nation, according to 247. 
Um, and he got very, very confident crystal balls in by um, Wilt Fong and Drum. And he is um, just released his top five, um, but many experts think that he could release it anytime now, um, his commitment to OU. And then 2021, look this week, I believe Jalil Farouk is going to announce his commitment here in the next couple of days. I think he had it scheduled to announce maybe Friday. I'm double checking that right now. But if you guys don't remember who Jalil Farouk is, he is the wide receiver four-star, high four-star out of Maryland. Really, really good friends with Caleb Williams. It was almost a guarantee from the beginning that we were going to get him anyways. So he's announcing in five days. So that would be on Sunday he's announcing, um, Sunday the 27th. Um, and it's very, very confident that he's going to be committing to OU. So Luther Burden um, for 2022 is who we're looking at. We don't know when he's going to commit, um, but it could be any time now, and he is an OU favorite five-star guy that's going to crowd that 2022 wide receiver room. We already have one wide receiver commit, so it's going to make it where a lot of 2022 guys are going to want to hop in the boat really soon. Um you know, I, I guess going on a tangent about 2022 because there's not much going on. Look up Taylor Chetron for all you Oklahoma people. He's from Oklahoma, Santa Fe, and he is really – Edmund, Santa Fe, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, he is really talented. He's a very fringe five-star kind of guy that is leaning OU right now. Um, and it's going to be put pressure, put pressure on him if um, Luther Burden gets in the boat. But, yeah, Jalil Farouk, Sunday. Um, keep an eye on Burden. Keep an eye on the 2022 wide receiver um, – Excellent stuff. Now, I got to say, we got to do this because we rarely get a chance for a segment of talking hoops. CJ Nolan committed, uh, four star out of Wachoxi, Texas, shooting guard. Any thoughts on him? I don't know if you followed the basketball side of things or not. Well, yeah, I saw that he committed, and you know, he's like, he's a top 100 guy, according to uh, 247. I saw that. Um, he, I mean, it's, it's great to have another guy in this boat. And, you know, the big guy that we're going for is Trey Alexander out of Heritage Hall. And, that's, and he just released his top seven that we we're in. And he also put Kansas in that top seven. Um, and Kansas is a team that looks to be his dream school, a team that he really hopes that he will get the offer because he does not have the offer yet. Um, and if you put a team in your top group and you don't have an offer yet, that says a lot about where you're leaning. So if he doesn't ever get that um, Kansas offer, I think he's going to OU. But this is a top 30, 35 guy in the nation, and he's right in our backyard, Oklahoma City. Um, that would be huge. And he would join his teammate in Bijan Cortez out of Kingfisher, um, on Team Griffin, uh, on the team. So he has connections. He has a good um, relationship with our coaching staff. Um, so if Kansas doesn't swoop in, it's looking pretty good. But, yes, you know, Oklahoma got a, definitely a good bounce there with C.J. Noland. Um, we're definitely recruiting some good guards. It's something that we do need because we are losing a lot of guards recently. Gotcha. I got to say, um, is there any hostility between the Heritage Hall coaching staff and Kansas as they gave you zero offers uh, back in your day? See, there was, there was definitely some communication. Um, I could see that they wanted to reach out. Um, Kansas would love to have the guy on the end of the bench that can make a three-pointer and raise that team's GPA up. I could see, I could feel it, that they wanted to talk to me. But it was a little, it was a little hard for them because they knew I wanted to come to OU um, and just be a student. So I don't think they ever reached out. Um, <laughs> unfortunate on their end, 
Um, if they could go back, they could probably change it because they've seen what I've done in intramurals. But also they knew that um, I was injury prone. So maybe they came out lucky. I, I guess so. I, all I'm saying is Bill Self would have another title if he had Money Maxwell shoring up that bench for sure. So that was talking hoops. It was fun talking talking a little basketball for once. So, yeah. Anyways, that was Cruton Corner. And I believe that's our show. Uh, any final thoughts you want to say before we wrap this up and head out for the week? Talk. Listen to the picks, show. Yeah, yeah stay, stay tuned or, or I guess listen when it drops because they drop separately for the uh, for the pick show. And, you know, if you have any superstitions or any sort of voodoo that you believe in for the uh, shout out to LSU fans uh, for um, and Tulane fans, I guess, for the uh, for college football, make sure that you're on your good side of, of whatever your superstitions are or whatever. So we can get this game played, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a uh, stressful week for those of us who are tuned in. So, hopefully- although I think, what is what is the cutoff day? What is the final testing day? Friday. So, is it Friday still? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and tomorrow uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday. So, yep. today, I guess, if you're listening to this, will be huge. Um, so, check for the results there. If uh, you, you just have to have uh, two really clean slates uh, in Manhattan on. Wednesday and Friday, but yeah. Uh, as of now, as of now, we're keeping our fingers crossed. And as of now, <laughs> as of now, oh man, as of now, we're just hoping it it plays out. So um, that's all I got to say. So keep tuned to uh, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcast for our pick show. Uh, we're usually not that bad. So yeah, ringing endorsement like- right there. Yeah, listen, I, I mean, the pick show is more fun. I mean, for the people who don't listen to the pick show, that, that's like a little bit more not analyzing the game, bringing the casual fan um, knowledge like we do in this one, um, what little knowledge we do have. Uh, this one's more fun if you like um, to listen to um, the, the game picks, learn a little bit about what the lines are and think what we're thinking, then listen to some us just screwing around a little bit and making fun of how bad Blake's doing. Come listen to the pick show. It's it's I mean, absolutely we're all, doing, we're all doing pretty bad. I, Jameson, you're doing a little bit better, but it's I'm, hey, we're, I'm look, positive. We're, I'm fine. You gotta get a feel for the for the season. You gotta get this has been a tough one right out of the gates. First bet we had was uh we, we all went with Navy and didn't even know they hadn't gone Pardon? live. What? Pardon okay. we all went with Navy. I was very big except on Except for Jameson, except for Jameson. But it, it's it's always funny because I feel like they're like it's half and half to like some people hate the pick show. Can't listen to it. Cause they don't care. Just only want to hear how you talk. And then other people are like, I just want to hear picks. You know, what's the use in talking about what happened? So uh, it, I, I'm just saying y'all should listen to that pick show. It's pretty good. Always exciting to have Blake on there. So um, yeah. So that has been the schooner pod for the week. We will see you on Thursday when we make our picks and uh, hope to see you there. So, on behalf of me, Jameson, and Ty, this has been the Schooner Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. Boomer Sooner.